Welcome to Crummer Connections podcast series. I'm your host, JB Adams. In this series, I'm talking with Crummer alumni and inviting them to share their accomplishments, challenges, and best business advice. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Consistently ranked as the number one MBA in the state of Florida, the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to prepare you to become a global, responsible business leader. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Today's guest is Serge Albino. He graduated from Crummer with his MBA in the year 2010. He's a serial entrepreneur with a long career in technology, engineering, and consulting. He's been the co-founder of several businesses, including Ecospheres, an impact venture delivering cost-effective and eco-friendly clean tech solutions to destroy persistent organic pollutants from our land and waterways. Serge, welcome to the show. Hello. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. In a moment, we're going to talk about what Ecospheres is and what Ecospheres does, but let's start first with a little context. You're not just a Crummer alumnus, you have an ongoing relationship with the school. Where would people recognize you from? Um, I actually am an adjunct professor also for the uh, NASA Rollins Entrepreneurship Scholar Distinction Program, and I also help mentor the uh, NASA ICE program as well with Dr. Pete McCallany. Okay, so uh, tell me about the teaching uh, and being a professor. What do you love about the teaching? You know, I, I think it's all about, um, again, this whole notion of just putting yourself out there into the world, right, and being as transparent as possible. Um, I love educating young minds uh, and, uh, you know, especially, um, you know, the way they think is so much different from my generation. And I love kind of cultivating them and working with them and how to incorporate that into the existing industries and existing uh, methodologies. So love that about teaching. Yeah, excellent. And it's a great way to give back to the school as well. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about Ecospheres. Uh, this is a tech company. It's an environmental company and you're a co-founder. Tell us about what, it, what you do. Um, so Ecospheres is a clean tech um, solutions company where we take innovative solutions and, um, and the originally stemmed from NASA Kennedy Space, Space Center and uh, pivoted them to and commercialized them for the environmental sector. So we like to help clients uh, solve some of these uh, contamin chemical contamination in the environment that has gone on for 40 to 50 years and it's still there and the future is grim for truly solving it for that site. And we're basically telling, uh, working with them, instead of using yesterday's solutions or technologies to solve yesterday's problems, um, utilize innovation and technology to truly solve it and completely close that site for good and forever. So, so if I may, we have a contaminated site, it's toxic. What would be the old way of dealing with it? And what's the new way? So the old way of dealing with it, which is actually still the current way of dealing with it, is uh, dig it up uh, and move it to somebody else's backyard, sometimes very, very far away in the sense of Hawaii. Uh, they take it all the way to California or Portland or Clive, Utah. And then once it gets there, they put it in a tomb and they keep it there forever. Or they decide to um, destroy it via incineration. So the crux of that process, of that old process that's still being used today is that 
today's world and focus on climate change and CO2 emissions, transporting a lot of that contaminated dirt or contaminated water uh, takes a lot of CO2 emissions and puts it out into the air. And then once you decide to burn it, it creates much more. So you're really sacrificing clean air to get clean water and clean soil. And it's not a really good trade-off, especially in today's world where um, focus on climate change once again and the environment is, and sustainability is just, uh, it's more front and center for, for everyone these days, not just the younger generation. So what do you guys do instead? So instead, we, we help develop on-site solutions for our clients. So depending on where the solutions may lie, let's say it's in the soil or groundwater or sediment, we have different solutions for that. We, we have a much more surgical approach and we customize our innovative solutions for their needs. So at the end of the day, we're actually destroying the contaminants um, and uh, without, without burning them or transporting them out of there in a much more green and economical way. Yeah, it's long-term and sustainable. And, and finally, just tell us, what do you love about this kind of work? Um, like I said, uh, you know, it, it allows for me to meet a lot of people and create a lot of friendships out there. Some of, some of the new friends that I have are completely from a sector that I've never been a part of. Uh, before, which is the environmental sector. I'm um, now talking to a lot of hydrogeologists um, and, and um, you know, it, it, as opposed to aerospace scientists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it allows for, for me to also figure out the intricacies of an industry, but also figure out a way to how to disrupt it. And that's really, uh, that's really the challenge, right? Because if you could find a good way to disrupt it, sometimes it's the most simplest thing. But if you can, if you're able to do that, um, that's, some, that's something you could ha- hang your hat on for, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, you were not always a co-founder. You were not always an entrepreneur. So let's dig into your backstory. Uh, I want to find out where were you born, Serge? I was born in uh, Negros Oriental, uh, the college city, Philippines. And uh, what were those early years like for you as a kid? Um, you know, as, a, <laughs> as an island boy uh, growing up in the Philippines, I was a grandma's boy. Uh, I lived there from uh, when I was born to uh, until I was about eight years old. And it was a lot of, um, you know, playing outside. There wasn't Sega Genesis or PS4 back in the day. So you learn to basically mold with nature. Uh, I remember digging three feet deep into the dirt to get clay. And I remember making these figures, uh, race car figures and planes out of clay that we had to dig. Um, Things like going down to a river and finding caves and see what we can, what treasures we could find out there. That was some of the things in my early childhood. Now, did you have an awareness of what it meant to be an engineer or this was just natural in you? Uh, no, nah. <laughs> that was just uh, figure someplace to have, have a good time and play with friends. Yeah. Okay. And what was the transition point of that childhood? Uh, transition point. My, uh, my mom at that time lived in New Jersey, New York area. Uh, my dad and I lived in the Philippines, uh, and then my, my mom um, basically petitioned us to move, start a new life in New York for essentially a better opportunity for the family, especially for me, uh, as her, you know, and um, so we, we, we relocated from New York, uh, from, from the Philippines to New York uh, around eight years old, uh, back in 1988, 
And, um, I, I, you know, English is a second language. Uh, I've, uh, it, was, it was a very difficult transition, let's put it that way, for an island boy in, now in, into New York City. And you were also exposed to a different culture. I was exposed to uh, a New York Minute culture. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was, uh, that was um, a big realization for me where uh, now everything happens fast paced. Everything is uh, upbeat and it's just hustle and grind. And that was the New York lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So after you moved to New York City, uh, I don't know if you were still digging around in the dirt, but you had a new set of interests as a, as a teenager. What yeah. were you doing after you came to America? Um, you know, I, I got into uh, New York is very much about art. Um, so I got into uh, art quite a bit. The painting, the Bob Ross inspired painting that you see behind me. Mm -hmm. I actually did that when I was in fourth or fifth grade, somewhere around there. That's an oil canvas painting. And uh, I got into students. Uh, my mom, um, uh, when I was in seventh grade, uh, didn't want me to spend my summer months getting into trouble and getting into uh, street fights. So she enrolled me to Students Art League of New York to study fine arts. So I was really big into fine arts when I was in New York. Okay. So, and did you pursue that as your next step? Um, no. Um, we, we, I, let's just say I got into a little bit of trouble when I was in New York and uh, mom and dad decided to pull me out and move from New York to Florida uh, <laughs> to start a new life in, in Florida. So um, I got pulled out of the fine arts. And when you moved to Central Florida back in the mid 90s, you know, fine arts was really not a thing. Yeah. So. Well, there's definitely a recurring theme of uh, at first it was just building and now it's art, artic, uh, artistry, mm -hmm. but uh, just creativity in general um, in, under the theme of being an engineer. So you have another transition. Now you're in Orlando, Florida, and you're exposed to a whole new set of interests. What, what did those include? You know, uh, coming back to Florida kind of reinvigorated my love for nature, right? And, um, and space, really. I mean, NASA is just literally a drive away. Um, so I really got, I remember moving into Poinciana in Kissimmee, and it's in the middle of the forest. And I'm so used to a lot of, um, you know, sirens and, and car, um, cars and train, train audio at, at, at night, right? Those audible sounds from a city life. And now I'm hearing crickets for the first time in a long time. And I remember just looking up in my backyard and I see this light, tons of lights because there's hardly any, you know, development in that area. So I really got into astronomy and uh, love for space at that point in time. When we come back in a moment, we're going to hear more about Serge's early career and how he found his way to the Crummer Graduate School of Business. We'll be back in a moment. So we are back with Serge Albino of Ecospheres, learning about his early career. Serge, uh, after you got out of high school and you were still sort of searching, I take it, and trying to figure out what you wanted to do next? Yeah, you know, so the path of, okay, where do I go for college? I only applied to one college that was UCF. And, and that was because they had, um, it was their first uh, aerospace program. 
And I figured, hey, I like the, the idea of space. Uh, fine arts uh, is not really a good path for me here because there's not, I would have to relocate to New York to find a job. But if I have access to NASA here, I can basically get into aerospace, which is engineering, and it kind of molds the, the two together for me. I could do CAD work, which is an art thing, but I could also work on space work, which would be my love for space thing. So I was able to mesh the two together to go through that program. A great way to bring it together. Yeah. So uh, after you graduated with your degree, there were opportunities? No. <laughs> I graduated in 2003. So that was post 9-11. Um, and uh, I remember finding a very, very tough time finding a job um, because there's a lot of um, a lot of folks being laid off during 9-11. So a lot of startups or entry-level jobs were taken over by, you know, senior level people. Off tangent, I, I actually just con contacted one of my closest colleagues uh, who had a painting business. And that summer he taught me how to paint, uh, paint houses. So that was kind of like my transition job. And then eventually, you know, paid my way for several months. And then I finally got a job with Siemens. Okay. Um, which I got into next. An engineering job. An engineer, a drafting job, actually. Not a painting job. Okay. Not a painting job. <laughs> so drafting at Siemens, uh, other opportunities coming your way uh, that eventually led you to Kennedy Space Center? Yeah, so after Siemens, I went, uh, you know, I, I wanted to pursue more of uh, an R&D, research and development type role. And there was an opportunity with a company called Cubic Defense um, to design military equipment for simulation and training. So I went there for about a year. And um, after that program or after that contract, I went over to L3 Communications where we designed, I was a thermal uh, engineer there. We designed um, laser range finders for all the UAV systems. And it was because of that background in thermal management uh, a, an outfit from NASA, Bionetics Corporation, um, basically headhunted me to help them out on their thermal issue for one of their space station projects. Uh, and that's how I got into NASA. So based on all of that, Serge, what advice would you give to a young person who's searching to figure out what to do next in their career? You know, uh, I, your, your, your time in your 20s is a very valuable time. Take all the risk you want. You can always make money, right? You can always make money in different ways. And now, even now today, especially more today, there's several ways to make a living outside of just your job. But don't try to search for a career in your 20s. Try everything out there. Put yourself out there again to the world and figure it is what you like. Because there's a good point in time when I was working at Siemens where I questioned engineering, where I actually went back to school and thought I wanted to become a veterinarian. So, you know, it was, but it was only the ability to, to put myself out there and try different things that I realized where I needed to position myself in the engineering side of things. An excellent takeaway, Serge, thank you. Thank you. Serge, I, I would like to understand more about how you found your way to Crummer. There was uh, something going on in your career that made you think you needed some additional education? Yeah, I was, uh, I actually knew about Crummer back in 2004 uh, when I was um, working at Siemens. And I, I, I saw one of the, um, 
you know, the uh, events that Cromer was hosting to, um, to, uh, to market the MBA program. And I attended one of those programs, uh, one of those uh, events. Uh, and I remember Dean McAllister uh, was speaking in one of those events. And, uh, and I heard him speak. And I remember, I remember him, it wasn't the way he, he, he spoke and it wasn't the words, but it was the way he controlled the room. And at that point on, I said, you know, I, I need to learn that type of command and, and, and being able to, to learn that as well as also learn the theories, the proper theories of business. Uh, it, I think it will complement my engineering side that I could actually move up in corporate world. And little did I know that I wouldn't be actually moving up in the corporate world. It would actually be entrepreneurship. So I was going to say at that point, you had not anticipated becoming an entrepreneur. No, not at all. <laughs> it's great how those plans come together. Yeah. So Serge, if you're ready, it's now time to play Crummer Insider Free Association. Awesome. So for this, I'm going to read you a list of prompts. For each prompt, I will invite you to say the first thing that comes into your mind. These are items that any Crummer student can relate to. Are you ready to play, Serge? I am. All right. Here's the first one. I started my Crummer education in the year. 2009. I finished classes and graduated in the year. 2010. There were this many students in my cohort. Ooh, probably around 25, 26, somewhere there. Okay. My cohort was known for being. Oh man. Uh, I think every cohort would say the most outrageous, but I, I think we were just a good blend of folks out there that were very seasoned uh, executives in different uh, companies, uh, as well as, uh, mid, uh, mid-level program managers also in, in other companies, so. All right, great. For our international study, we went to? Uh, we went to, um, gosh, um, Bratislava was one of them, and then uh, Vienna. Okay, great. My favorite professor was? Um, well, uh, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, Professor Bob and um, Professor Whittingham. Okay. And that my favorite course was? Um, I, I like the domestic consulting program as well as the sustainability program. Terrific. Let's move into some of the surprises that you encountered uh, as a student and how you applied them afterwards. So first, uh, I know that you had other international experiences beyond the one that all the students went to. You, you went to APADE. First, some of our listeners may not know what APADE is. Can you explain it? Yeah, EPADE is basically a, um, um, it was the, a program in Mexico City where uh, you did corporate social responsibility program in, in EPADE University. And it was a full immersion course where uh, you get a chance to look into corporate sustainability uh, and um, and, and do a case study and go after different case studies with your cohorts from all different parts of, gosh, South America, Central America, and even Europe. And it actually kind of felt like you were part of a UN program because everybody was mic'd up and uh, they were speaking German, they were speaking Spanish, they were speaking English, and there's translators in your ear. So it was really, really fun. And what was your major takeaway from that experience? Um, just a cultural perspective of how things are viewed in different parts of the world. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And uh, you have another experience as a result of what you just mentioned a moment ago with Dr. Bob Prescott and the domestic consulting 
course, but mm -hmm. that's something that you actually had the opportunity to apply yeah. in your actual work. Tell us how that went. Um, you know, Dr. Bob always had these, um, these terminologies and these sayings in class that I took away from the main thing or uh, sobre mesa, you know, and I- Tell applied, us what those are. Uh, so the main thing is basically allowing and getting to a point of what the main one thing would be for that client and for that contract to put that main thing as first and, uh, first and foremost. I've actually kind of taken that and morphed it a little bit based on what I've learned from my current mentor, Terrence Berlin, where, you know, we always say before you get two, you always got to get one. And that's very similar. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just about keeping focus so that you're not chasing shiny objects, especially when you're consulting. Mm -hmm. And what was the second one Dr. Bob said? Uh, sobre mesa, which is basically just everything's on the table. And uh, as much as some, some folks are not comfortable with it, I'm very transparent with how I go after and work on my contracts, uh, especially on the costing side. Because at the end of the day, I like to work with value partners rather than just clients and giving them a good sense of how I work the, the budgeting and costing side helps them feel at ease that they're not having to think that um, they're gonna be taken advantage of. Everything's on the table and then they get to have those knobs to dial in and, uh, and to turn down and turn up whenever they feel like it. Because at the end of the day, as long as I'm adding value, they're going to continue to ratchet up the, uh, the, the, um, the expectations as well as the performance and uh, deliverables. So how do you think these lessons that you got studying in a course for a grade have been, have been applied in real life in your work as an entrepreneur? Um, you know, it, it's, it's those two things that have kind of, that I've used in every single startup that I've worked on, especially in the consulting one. And, um, the, the, the unique thing now with Ecospheres is that every single client is essentially a consulting program, right? So I'm able to kind of really utilize those things to just keep the clients focused because sometimes clients don't know what they want. So the main thing or the one thing really hones in on that so we can develop a true program around it and solve their true needs. And the Sobre Mesa just gives them that sense of partnership right away. That partnership is just not a, um, a bolted on uh, aspect that into my business. It's actually a built in, right? And, and they, they are more comforted by that, that we are true partners. Mm -hmm. Serge, we only have a little bit of time left. We're going to be bringing this to a close soon, but I, I just want to understand, how do you think you're different as a result of your Crummer experience? How did it make you better? Um, you know, again, uh, Crummer helped me uh, express myself better into the world. Um, it helped me uh, vocalize my internal ideas of technology into the world. It helped me craft uh, a better message on how do, how do I take the crazy ideas that I have and building technologies into actually solving issues out there in the world, solving real world problems. And if it wasn't for Crummer and the network that Crummer has, um, these found friends to that program would never have been there. And the new friends outside of Crummer would not be there also because I wouldn't have been able to communicate better with them. So Crummer has been an integral part of my, of my career. Excellent. And I know that people are going to listen to this. They might want to reach out to you with questions. What's the best way for someone to reach you? 
Um, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm I'm um, I'm very active on Facebook also. Um, or just stop by the office over here in uh, Altamont Springs. Terrific. One final bit. If there's someone listening who has not yet gotten their MBA, what advice would you give to a prospective student? Um, I would I would say stop thinking about it. Just just dive in. Sometimes uh, you have to just jump into the fire and don't worry if there's a frying pan or not. Um, just go in there. Go, but when you do go in there, come in as an empty cup and go f- full immersion, right? Enjoy every minute of it. Those two years go by so fast. Uh, put yourself out there. There's so many great programs that you could be involved with, like the NASA program, like the international programs. Um, any availability you can have to do domestic uh, consulting or international consulting work, do it. Do it. It's, it's, it's a great, great uh, program, uh, and it's right here in Central Florida. I don't think there's anything else that I could add to make that any better. Serge Albino, I want to thank you for being our guest today on Crummer Connections podcast series. It's been a great pleasure. I learned a lot, and everyone else did too. Thanks, JB. Thank you, Serge. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, responsible business leader. To learn more about the programs and begin the application process, go to crummer.rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again soon with another episode. Crummer Connection podcast series is a production of Victor Media Group. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow us at Victor Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today's show was created and hosted by J.B. Adams, executive produced by Gerard Mitchell, with production by Jeremy Harmson and production assistance by Gerardo Abreu. Our gratitude goes out to Mike Brown and Loveland Finley in Alumni Relations for their gracious help and support. Until next time, Fiat Lux.